This is Robotic Disclosure, the program that reveals everything you want to know about robotic surgery, robotic technology, and how to run a best practice robotic program for your hospital, your surgeons, and your patients. And now, here's your host, Josh Feldstein. Today, we're joined by Dr. Amit Trivedi, Chairman of the Department of Surgery at Hackensack Meridian Health, Pascac Valley Medical Center in New Jersey. Dr. Trivedi received his medical degree from Stony Brook Medical School in New York and is board certified in general surgery. Dr. Trivedi, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Josh. Great to be here. I'd like to start off by giving uh, an overview of the Senhance Systems features, Dr. Trivedi. We had an opportunity uh, a couple of episodes ago to speak with Anthony Fernando, the uh, Chief Operating and uh, Technology Officer at Transenterix, and I think this is going to be a, a great opportunity for you to speak surgeon to surgeon with your peers. Maybe we can dig into some of the features that from your perspective as a user of the system, uh, you think provides some significant clinical advantages. Maybe we could look at haptic feedback as one such focus, and then we can talk about the console and the eye-sensing camera control. So I'll turn this over to you, and maybe you can take us through some of these ideas. Sure. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, uh, robotics has changed a lot in the last uh, a little bit, uh, and it will continue to change. So when our hospital had the opportunity to uh, start diving into uh, robotics, you know, I think one of the first things that we did was uh, kind of look around at uh, the uh, robotic uh, platforms that are out there, and we came uh, uh, across the Senhance platform from Transenterix, and we were pretty intrigued with it. And it's been, um, it's been a good journey with that. And what uh, the Senhance... Uh, system is, is it's a kind of a ground-up design uh, for uh, a robotic interface between surgeon and patient. And it's got a couple of features that uh, really just made it uh, uh, the right choice for us. And as you said, one of the features was the haptic feedback, but also when we explored further into the uh, system, uh, it was an open console where we could actually see uh, the entire room. We had an eye-sensing camera control with it, and there was a lot of potential for the robot to, uh, for the robotic system to grow with us uh, as, as we grew as a program, uh, especially since upgrades were uh, kind of uh, plug-and-play. You can take out a part, upgrade it, and then put in a new part. The potential for three-millimeter instruments uh, was there, and we should probably discuss that. And most importantly, uh, I think uh, what kind of intrigued me was the... Uh, potential for integration of uh, augmented intelligence uh, into the robotic system, and I think that's kind of where, where surgery may be heading. Um, so I, we, can, we can talk about any and all of them if you want. Sure. Well, let's start off with uh, some, I think, some overview comments with regard to the haptic feedback assets and the open console, which uh, you've already referenced. Uh, tell us where you think that fits into uh, augmenting surgery and, and the advantages uh, clinically and or to the surgeon as you see it. Sure. Uh, one of the big criticisms of robotic surgery is that uh, it took that touch and feel away from uh, the surgeon. Uh, surgeons, uh, even back in the old days, relied on their fingertips, their 
the, their eyes and pretty much all their senses to help, uh, help patients in the operating room. And when we kind of moved into the robotic realm, uh, the surgeon was kind of put in a corner in a console and the surgeon kind of lost the ability to uh, touch and feel organs because the robotic instruments, uh, you know, they go where you place them. And if you place them uh, with too much pressure through an organ or, or, or an area, the robotic instrument would move right through that area. Uh, and the surgeons had to develop a new skill set, uh, uh, often referred to as uh, visual haptics, if, if you can, where they got an idea of how the tissue moved and what tension forces were being placed on it, and then they realized that, uh, hey, if I pull any more or press any more, that would be too much for the tissue. So it was more of them using their visual feedback to decide uh, how much they can do. And surgeons got pretty good at it, as you can see, with the growth of robotic surgery. Uh, but I, I, think, I think now that technology has developed, there's a the potential for true haptic feedback. And uh, the Senhan system has that. Uh, so they've been able to integrate uh, forces at the tip and the abdominal wall into a feedback mechanism that the surgeon feels at the console uh, when they're operating. And, and I think that has a lot of advantages. Uh, namely, you understand uh, very clearly with the forces what, uh, what tension the tissue can tolerate uh, when you're dissecting, when you're uh, tying a suture, uh, those sort of things, right? When you're moving uh, tissue around, uh, that haptic feedback is very important and, and it helps the surgeon to not exceed force. Because tissue trauma, when we dissect, is, is a main concern for a lot of surgeons. Uh, they want to be delicate. They don't want to crush tissue. Uh, they don't want to crush vessels. Uh, they don't want to snap vessels. All sorts of things. Uh, haptic feedback on, on, on the Senhance uh, system uh, helps, helps mitigate all of that and give uh, different feedback to the surgeons. Those are some very important insights, Dr. Trevetti. Can you speak to, from your perspective, uh, the uh, perioperative safety advantages that uh, some of this uh, uh, provides. We, we, you talked about, obviously, tissue dissection and suturing. Uh, does this lead to things such as lower adjacent organ injury risk or uh, uh, less blood loss, fewer conversions? Where do you see the, the advantage after the surgeon gets comfortable with the haptic feedback feature? Sure. Um, so the haptic feedback is obviously something that we have to grow into and, and will grow with us. Uh, I, I think you have to preface all of this talk about technology with, um, with kind of a general statement that uh, kind of uh, lets you know that technology changes and it grows, right? So what we have today uh, will be antiquated by the time uh, two years, three years, four years comes around, five years, right? And that's just how technology grows similar to our cell phones, are not the same as they were five years ago, right? They're better now. So the haptic feedback will grow. And if we keep that in mind, we can understand what the advantages may be. Certainly tissue trauma is the big uh, concern that I have. Any sort of surgery that we do, just by its very nature, um, just uh, causes tissue trauma. We get swelling, we get... Uh, uh, you know, we get bleeding, things that we don't necessarily want in anatomic planes. Having that haptic feedback certainly helps 
so that you can kind of uh, uh, kind of mitigate those uh, uh, trauma forces or the tissue forces. And even simple things like tying a suture. Uh, when someone's first starting out with robotics, uh, they break a lot of sutures because they tie, they throw their loop, they pull the strings apart, the sutures apart, and the first thing it does is it snaps because the robot continues to move beyond a certain point. Uh, with the haptic feedback, you get, uh, you get that feedback right away as if you were doing traditional laparoscopy or traditional open surgery. Uh, and then the surgeons know how to handle that because they, they feel it. Right, um, and that's and 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 that I think has a nice safety feature, uh, especially when surgeons are just learning. Um, as the use of robotics grows, you're going to get more and more surgeons uh, using robots, and rather than getting every one of them to develop brand new visual haptic uh, skills, maybe just let them use their own senses. Uh, let them let them use their own touch sense of feel that they've developed through residency and, and medical school and and training. Uh, let them let them use that. Uh, we have the technology to provide that, uh, so we should take advantage of that. Thank you. Can we talk a little bit about uh, your views on the open console and some of the direct visual uh, contact that the surgeon can make with the OR crew and the patient? That's certainly very different from the console of the Da Vinci. Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, I have the advantage of actually being um, uh, a pretty busy Da Vinci user as well in uh, uh, one of my other hospitals, our main campus. And uh, the Senhance was very different. Uh, the first thing you notice is that uh, you actually sit in a comfortable chair. You're not hunched over into a uh, uh, kind of a view box that you're looking at. Uh, and your head's not stuck into the uh, into the monitor uh, aspect as it is in Da Vinci. Uh, the Senhance has a nice open, uh, I think it's a 37-inch monitor right in front of you, and you sit like you're sitting in a chair, and you pick up the instruments and operate. What's the advantage of all of that? Well, you're actually part of the operating room now. Uh, your head's not stuck in a console, so... Uh, you can actually see everything that's going around you. You can see the movement of the arms uh, as the robot's working. You can uh, see where your circulator is, where your assistant is. And probably most importantly, you can communicate with them. All right? So if uh, typical things, arms are clashing, uh, uh, something needs to be repositioned, it's easy to see from your chair and uh, communicate that uh, you know, without the use of a microphone. Uh, as is required in, the, in Da Vinci. You can communicate that to the operating team. You can communicate with anesthesia very quickly, and that's, that's nice too. And the way the system's designed, uh, I guess part of the open um, concept is that uh, the arms don't block uh, your view to anesthesia, to the anesthesiologist. Uh, the arms, the way they come in, uh, leaves a lot of space around the patient and uh, you can see right uh, all the way into where the anesthesiologist sits. And that's a good thing because they can look over the, uh, over the uh, ether screen and, and, and see the patient as well. Uh, the eye sensing camera control is, is another asset that uh, you mentioned. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Sure. So uh, camera movement in robotic surgery has always uh, uh, been one of the big advantages because... Uh, 
uh, we've proven that you don't get uh, as much smudging, you don't get vibration, you move it to where you need to. And uh, that's been a huge advance in just in laparoscopy in general uh, to get great control of the camera. Uh, Senhance takes it to the next level uh, by providing essentially uh, an eye tracker that's built into the uh, console. And you don't have to do much except look at the operative field where you want and uh, press two buttons on your uh, hand instruments and the camera will track it to right where your uh, retina is looking. Uh, that's a huge advantage because you don't have to stop what you're doing. You don't have to you know, clutch and move the camera over. Uh, you can almost continue to operate once you get familiar with the technology. And, um, and then just basically press two buttons and you're looking at the operative field anyway, the camera will track right to that point. Uh, so that's a huge thing. And ultimately, you can take more advantage of that technology and potentially assign it to like a tip of an instrument you want to follow uh, so the camera just keeps it all in the center or even, even your retina, wherever you look. Uh, once they sort out all the safety features that are required, you can pretty much have the camera auto-track is, is the hope, I would imagine. Uh, so we're liking the eye-sensing uh, camera. I can just look to where I need to look in the field and the camera will follow. It's a great safety feature. It's fascinating technology. And we've been speaking a little bit uh, in detail here about uh, safety. So my question really would be, when you think about the Senhance platform, do you think about it uh, mainly from the perspective of enhanced safety? Uh, and or do you find that there are also some additional uh, clinical advantages with regard to dexterity uh, perioperatively? I'd like to be able to tease those two ideas apart a bit. Yeah, and that's a great question. And I think uh, that kind of uh, leads into the purpose of robotics or uh, uh, what we're trying to call now digitized surgery. So what we're trying to do is kind of evolve the whole uh, uh, mode of how we do surgery. You know, initially it was, uh, uh, you know, going way back, the traveling surgeon that went from town to town fixing hernias and such. And then we had a lot of advances. And uh, for quite a while, we did open surgery in a traditional, uh, what we call a modern operating room. And then laparoscopy came around and changed the whole system. And uh, things are done a lot more safely for both patients, uh, staff, and, and surgeons. Uh, with the advent of laparoscopy. The next step is robots, uh, or what we call uh, digitized uh, surgery. So you're putting a digital interface, which I guess some people want to call a robot, between the surgeon and the patient. So now you have this interface that can control a lot of aspects. And what can you do with the interface, right? So uh, one of the things that you can do with the interface is track your camera magnify, right? Uh, give you haptic feedback. Uh, so those are all the advantages of uh, having a robot uh, or a digital interface. Uh, and then I think, you know, just getting to the point of uh, how is this as patient safety? And you can imagine that as you get more information and the digital interface presents it in a way that you can actually uh, uh, make certain movements, uh, look around corners, uh, dissect with end effectors such as uh, uh, harmonic technology or bipolar technology, 
those are the sort of things that uh, having a digital interface can help with as well. So I, I think the safety features that are coming for patients will be, will be significant uh, once you have this interface uh, uh, that you can build upon. I can imagine only in the future that, uh, in the near future, you'll be able to integrate uh, CAT scan images onto, a, uh, onto your operative field. So you'll be able to see uh, organs and anatomy that uh, before you couldn't do, and you won't be able to do without a digital interface. If you're using the, the Senhance platform, Dr. Trevetti, uh, and there is uh, a reason for a conversion, would that case generally convert to an open procedure or to a, uh, a laparoscopy procedure? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, so uh, in our initial learning curve, uh, we did have where, okay, this is as much as we can do with the Senhance system, and we need to go ahead and finish this case and, and go ahead and, 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 and you know, get the patient off the table, essentially. So what we did was uh, we actually converted to laparoscopy, uh, never to open surgery. Uh, and the good thing about the Senhance system is that when you go to laparoscopy, your trocars are in a very, very similar place to where you would have put them for laparoscopy anyway. So the conversion literally is me getting up from the console, scrubbing, and then coming back in and gowning and starting to operate. By the time I've stepped out and scrubbed for three minutes, the uh, assistant and, and, and the tech have already uh, uh, undocked move the arms out of the way because they just swing on a fulcrum, uh, and uh, we're back to laparoscopy. Uh, it's as simple as that. So it's just basically getting up and getting right back into the field. So that made it a lot easier. The Da Vinci cases that I do with my main hospital, um, conversion's a little bit more challenging uh, because the trocars are usually in a different uh, position, and we tend to convert to laparoscopy and then struggle. <laughs> Uh, we have not had to do that with the Senhan system. We, you know, uh, we just convert to laparoscopy, and it's, it's just as if we were doing it straight laparoscopically. And uh, with either system, whether it's Da Vinci or with Senhan's, you know, we've been fortunate that we've not had to convert to open, uh, and and that's just you know our luck. But you know, we've assisted uh, surgeons that we've had to convert to open. But I think the, the Senhan system, because the ports are similar to laparoscopy, we can do more, you know, and we can feel comfortable doing more uh, and just converting to laparoscopy. The intuitive Da Vinci system, uh, the ports are different uh, for most cases, and, and, it's, and it's been a challenge to convert to laparoscopy. So, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're glad that uh, the ports are similar to what we're used to. But hopefully one day now, you know, now that we've done a whole bunch of uh, cases with the Senhan system, we don't really even think about conversion to laparoscopy at all. We just have been completing the cases uh, that we set out to complete. Uh, and I do a lot of bariatric surgery, uh, so we've been able to do what we needed to do without uh, converting, which is a great thing, which is exactly what we want for the platform. Thank you. Can we talk a little bit about setup and docking time. Uh, I would be curious to understand roles of the staff and the surgeon, uh, and does uh, any of the setup 
change turnover times using the Senhance platform? Sure. Um, so my hospital at uh, Pascack Valley here in Westwood, New Jersey, uh, we had not had a, a robotic program before. So this was all new to uh, the entire staff, uh, both OR uh, uh, nurses and, and techs, and, and, and even right down to the uh, folks that uh, sterile process our instruments. So it was new for everyone. Um, but the transition was actually very smooth. Uh, so just in terms of room setup, uh, the setup is actually uh, standard laparoscopy setup. We use our own trocars. Uh, we use our own uh, drapes and gowns, uh, so there's nothing different about that. Nothing else is required. And setting up the arms is very simple. Uh, you just have to drape a, what we call a C-arm cover uh, right over the arms, and you're good to go. And when you're ready to use the three arms, you just swing them into the field over the fulcrum point. And that's as simple as it can get uh, in terms of the original setup. The OR team really doesn't have to do much of anything different except drape the three arms, basically. Uh, the robotic instruments that we use uh, magnetically couple to uh, the arms so that, you know, getting the angle of the arm and the instrument right that you have to do in DaVinci before you can click on, uh, we don't have to worry too much about that. Uh, you put the instrument in and you click it onto the magnetic arm. And, and, it, and it just ready to go pretty much. So that learning curve was not too much for us at all. And since we use standard trocars that we've been using in the hospital uh, for laparoscopy, we put the ports in a similar position. And once we get the ports in, we bring in the arms, we click the instruments in, and I'm pretty much ready to break and sit at the console. So the setup uh, from pretty much the time we do our timeout and make incision, so the time I'm on the console for, let's say, a sleeve gastrectomy, uh, we've measured it between six and eight minutes. Six, eight minutes, we're, we're pretty much uh, on the console. That's fast. And then assistant at the bedside, uh, and uh, I'm at the console. Uh, switching instruments, you pull out one instrument, magnetically click in the next one and bring it into the operative field. Uh, it's as simple as that. And, you know, the time savings there is, Basically, you don't have to move the whole robotic unit in there. It's pre-positioned. We don't even move it between cases. The arms just literally swing around a fulcrum point and out of the operative field. So when you're ready, you just bring them in. So there's not much positioning uh, required. You don't have to bring the whole robotic system into the operative field. That's great. Thank you very much. We've been speaking with Dr. Amit Trivedi, the chairman of the Department of Surgery at Hackensack Meridian Health Pascack Valley Medical Center in New Jersey. We're going to be joined by Dr. Trivedi for a follow-on podcast, uh, and we'll be able to get into a series of additional questions with him on the next episode of Robotic Disclosure. You've been listening to Robotic Disclosure, Robotic Disclosure is produced by Kava Robotics International, helping hospitals create profitable, high-quality, best-practice robotic programs in the U.S. and around the world since 2011. Visit kava-robotics.com.